0: Pay attention
1: to this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus to conduct a census of the Roman world. This was the first census that took place when Quirinius was governor of Syria. So everyone traveled back to their original hometowns to register, including Joseph. He went up from Nazareth in Galilee to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem in Judea, because he was from David's family line. He took Mary, his fiancée, with him to be registered, and she was pregnant. And while they were there in Bethlehem, the time came for her to have the baby, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. And because there was no room for them in the inn, she wrapped him in strips of cloth and used an animal food trough for his cradle. In that part of the country, there were shepherds who stayed out in the fields at night to keep guard over their flock without warning one of the lord's angels appeared to them and the blinding brilliance of the lord shone all around them they were terrified but the angels said to them do not be afraid listen i am here to bring you news of great joy which is for all the people today a savior has been born to you in the city of david he is christ the lord and this will be the sign for you you will find a child wrapped up in strips of cloth and lying in a food trough. Suddenly there appeared with the angel a vast company of the heavenly armies praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. After the angels had left them and gone back to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Come on, let's go into Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. They went quickly and discovered Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a food trough. When they saw this, they revealed the message that had been told to them about this child, and everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds said. Mary treasured all these things and thought them over in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen, which had happened just as they had been told.
2: Good evening, welcome everybody, if this is your first time here, welcome, my name is Angel, I'm the pastor of this church and we are so glad you're here now. What we want to do tonight is we're just going to take a moment to hit the pause button and kind of catch our breath because this time uh, leading up to today is usually pretty crazy and it's hectic and chaotic, there's Black Friday and Christmas lists and gift shopping and wrapping and paper cuts and parties and programs at school and picking a tree We're unboxing the old tree and deciding, yeah, we'll use it one more year. Uh, Then the kids have finals, and the kids are home on break, and we have Christmas dinner, and family's coming over, and we've got to visit Santa, and there's elves on shelves, and then we're trying to find some new lights to look at ever since the Greeley Griswolds retired. And let's have a moment of silence for the Greeley Griswold house that we all miss. Yes, all right. And then we've got to make it to Christmas Eve service, and which one are we going to? And you guys are smart because... This morning was bananas. It was so packed. And the last service was pretty full. But you guys got the good one. So I'm glad you're here. Also, before I uh, keep going. Uh, next Sunday, if you come to church, uh, you're going to be the only person here. Because we always take the last Sunday of the year and we go online only. So it's a break for all of our Dream Teamers and our volunteers. So if you get here next Sunday, you're going to think that Jesus has returned. The rapture happened. He left you behind and you're all by yourself, okay? So enjoy this, the day next week and we will see you in two weeks. Uh, but, but before we before we talk about anything else, I just want to take one deep breath. So on the count of three, we're all going to take a deep breath. Because we made it. Ready? One, two, three. <sighs> Look at your neighbor and say, we made it. So whatever's left to do, it's not going to happen because it's too late. All right? So you, if you got to order something, just um, get them a gift card. All right? It's, it's over. But we're just hitting the pause button so we can refocus our attention on a baby in a manger. Now, uh, my, my prayer for you, and I want to be very upfront about that, is that throughout this week I've been praying... That at some point in this service, that you would experience a moment when you know God is here. Because God is here. And He did come. And He's here with us right now. I don't think you're here by accident. I believe God brought you here just so He could slow you down and still your heart and share some things with you. So over the last four weeks, we've been looking at different interactions that people had with angels leading up to the birth of Christ. And today we're going to look at the last one. We're going to look at the interaction that the shepherds had With the angels. Now, these were the first people to hear the announcement of Jesus' birth. This group of shepherds who were out in the field at night with their sheep. Let's look at the story. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. They open up with, do not be afraid. Now, I know there's probably some people here that like watching scary movies. You like being afraid. Raise your hand if you're a scary movies person. What's wrong with you? What are you missing? So I hate being afraid. I I don't watch scary movies. We don't do any of that stuff. I just hate it. And a few years ago, we went to Madame Tussauds Wax Museum in New York City. If you've ever been to one of those, you get to like stand next to a wax figure of Cher or Michael Jordan or The Rock and take pictures. Well, there was this hallway, and it it was like scary movies. And we were with, it was my wife and I, Diane, and and another couple. And they're like, let's go. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. You guys go ahead. I'm going to get a hot dog at the snack bar. I'll wait for you. They're like, no, come on, come on, come on. So I was like, all right. I get, I get peer pressured real easy, all right. So I go. It was us four, and this random lady joined us as our, our group. She just kind of joined along with us. So we're walking through. We walk in. It's dark. There's smoke. There's this broken TV playing the theme from Freddy Krueger, Nightmare. Remember that one, two, buckle my shoe. I said, I'm out. You guys go ahead. I'll wait for you. Come on, come on, come on. Fine. We walk in. I walk around the corner. There's standing in the corner of the room about four feet from me was Michael Myers from Halloween. He's standing there with a knife like this and he's about seven feet tall. And I was like, oh my gosh, I hate you guys. This is not for me. This is not me. And I, I turned around. I start walking. I turn back and now he's standing right next to me. So he was real. He was, and I let out this Aztec battle cry <laughs> that probably sounded like, a lot like a woman screaming. And I hugged the person next to me. I'm screaming. Have you ever had your whole body react to something? My whole body's shaking. I'm screaming. I'm looking up. I look. And it was random lady from our... She, we were hugging each other. <laughs> screaming like, I hate being afraid. But we live in a time when, when it's not just that kind of funny stuff that we're afraid of. But there's some very real things happening in the world that make us sometimes afraid. And the angels knew this. And so they came to tell... Those guys, the shepherds, do not be afraid. And they came to tell us, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you good news. Jesus is now going to be born. And everything is going to be different. So this, this, let's now, the, the the other thing that this is, is this is kind of like the birth announcement that God is putting out. It's like the gender reveal. Have you seen those gender reveal parties where they they make a cake and it's blue or pink or there's balloons or whatever. Like when, when my kids were born, we didn't, there was, that wasn't a thing. And so the gender reveal was we would hold them up and go, look, it's a, you know what I mean? Like that was, it's a boy. It's a, that, that's how we did the gender, you know. But I found these videos uh, of people doing these gender reveal parties. Now before we watch it, you need to know everybody was okay. All right? Nobody got hurt. All right? Let's watch. Oh! She's never going to find out now, is she? (laughs) It's an exciting moment when you announce that a baby's going to be born. And God was excited to announce the birth of his son too. And he could have, think about it, he could have announced it to anyone, to the kings. He could have went to kings and announced it. Could have sent angels to the Roman Senate, to the wealthy, to the scholars. He could have sent it to the religious leaders in the temple. He could have just called a press conference with TMZ. He could have done anything he wanted. And instead... He calls these shepherds. Now, everything in the Bible is written for a, with a message for us today, and God is teaching us something, even with who He called first. Shepherds were considered the bottom rung of the social ladder of that time. So they, were, they hung out with sheep all day, they, they slept outside in the elements, they smelled. And so nobody wanted to be around shepherds because they were just so raw and rough. Uh, a few years ago, I was working on a retaining wall in our yard, and I worked outside all day, and I came inside. And Diana was like, what is that smell? I said, that's the smell of Mexican machismo right there. <laughs> she said, well, you better go wash it off if you want to get close to me. She, and I, to be honest, I didn't want to be close to me because it was, it was bad. Have you ever been around someone like like maybe your kid gets out of basketball practice and you're like, holy smokes, you're riding in the back of the truck. You know what I mean? That's what these guys were like. They were They were pushed out of society. They were... Uh, nobody really wanted to be. They had no social standing. They weren't really welcome anywhere. According to Jewish law and tradition, they were considered unclean so, because they were around sheep, so they couldn't even go to church. And then the, these guys who lived on the fringes of society, physically and emotionally separated from everyone else, pushed away from everyone, this is who God tells first. And I think this is why he did it. I think he did it because the birth of Jesus was planned to bring those who were far from God back home again. So God reaches to the very fringes of society, and he starts there to announce the birth of his son. And you and I are like those shepherds. We're far from God, too, because we have sinned. We have this condition where we have sinned. The Bible calls sin, it's basically willful rebellion against what we know is right. Every one of us has sinned. Let me, let me illustrate this. If you're a parent, how many of you are parents? Raise your hand. Some of you guys are like, I don't know if it's mine. Okay, well, that's a different, all right? Just... Just for the sake of you, okay, so you're a parent. Uh, let me ask you, if you're a parent, did you have to teach your kids to be bad? Or did you have to teach them to be good? You had to teach them to be good, didn't you? Because they figured out bad all by themselves. Do you remember the first time your kid lied to you? Were you outside? No. And they're covered in mud and grass. No, I wasn't. Who taught them that? Nobody. They just knew how to do that. Because of the sin nature in all of us. Every one of us is far from God. And so the angel says, I'm bringing good news for everyone far from God. And then he leads with, this is going to cause great joy for all the people. Of all the different things he could have led with, he leads with joy. He could have said, I bring good news that's going to cause great holiness for the people or great prosperity for the people, or great wealth, or great health, or great wisdom, or love, or peace. But he doesn't do any of that. He leads with joy. And this is the time of year when we're all kind of chasing joy. It's a theme of the year. We sing about it. It's on Christmas cards. We're all trying to achieve it. So tomorrow we're going to hopefully experience some joy when the kids open their right presents, and we make the right food, and we gather with the right people. But honestly, even though we work so hard on all this joy stuff, Sometimes it, it ends up just like that. You know what I mean? Like it just, all the work we've done and it ends up just kind of falling apart. And most people, when we talk about joy, they don't necessarily associate God and joy. Or church and joy. When I, look what Psalm says about going to the house of the Lord or to church. It says, I was glad when they said unto me. Let us go to the house of the Lord. Now, when I was a kid, we would only go to church a couple times a year. And when they said, hey, we're going to church, I was not glad when they said, let's go to the house. I was mad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. I was sad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord because I was going to miss pro wrestling. And so it was Sunday mornings, AWA. But we have worked really hard to make this place a celebration of joy. Because that's not only what God does, that is who He is. And that's what He's announcing to these shepherds that He is bringing great joy. You know, joy is greater than happiness. Happiness, the word happy comes from the Latin word hap. And that's where we get happenings. And so the idea is if if things around me are good, then I'm happy. If it's sunny, I'm happy. If it's not sunny, I'm sad. If I have money, I'm happy. If I don't have any money, if I'm broke, I'm sad. If my family's doing good, I'm happy. If they're not getting along, I'm sad. But God is offering something better than that. Something that doesn't, isn't determined by our circumstances and the things happening around us. He's offering to instill himself in the hearts of his people and, and install this unshakable internal joy that's not relying on the things around us. That's what he was announcing when he said, my son is here now. Another way to put this is Jesus brings light to the dark places of our lives. And we've all had some dark moments in our lives. And Jesus offers to bring light to those places. Let me point out one last thing about this story. And then we're going to light some candles and sing Silent Night. Luke says that the shepherds were living out in the fields... And keeping watch over their flocks at night. I learned this week that if a shepherd from that time was reading this, he would have said, there's something wrong with that. That's not how we do it. Shepherds wouldn't be out in the fields with their sheep at night. Because it was dangerous. The sheep were prone to wander so they could wander away in the dark. They could get hurt. They could get lost. Or predators uh, could come and pick them off and attack and kill the sheep. So this was not something that was regularly done where they had sheep out in the fields at night. And I heard this phrase, this out in the fields. And this isn't the first time we hear this phrase in the Bible. We actually see it in Genesis chapter 4. There's two brothers, Cain and Abel. Cain is a farmer. Abel's a shepherd. He's the first shepherd ever. And they both make an offering to God. And God accepts Abel's offering, but he rejects Cain's offering. That's a whole other sermon But Cain gets so upset and jealous with his brother. Look what he tells him. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. So don't miss this. The very first shepherd we read about in the Bible is taken out into this field. It's a dangerous place out in the field. And he's killed. Now when we go back to Jesus... And we see, we see that the field is a dangerous place. These shepherds are out in the field in this dangerous, dark place watching their flocks at night. Why did they appear to these guys in this place? Here's why. Because the angels were saying, there's another shepherd coming. He's the great shepherd. He's the final shepherd. He is what the Bible calls the good shepherd, Jesus. And he's going to enter the dark places of our lives. And he's going to bring light to those places, and he's going to heal, and he's going to restore, and he's going to renew even the dark, broken places of our lives. And when Jesus was born, we see him do this throughout his ministry. He enters the dark world of leprosy and sickness and brings light to that dark place. He enters the world of this woman caught in adultery and brings light to her dark places. He enters the world of oppressive religion and brings light to that dark place. He enters the world of premature death and brings light to that dark place. Did you know that Jesus never went to a funeral where he didn't raise the person from the dead? I hope he comes to my funeral. Anyway, Jesus enters the dark places of the hurting, the lost, the disenfranchised, those who have been pushed aside by society, and he brings light to our dark places. And he's still doing that. Now, Jesus, when he was born, he he looked just like any other man. And he was a very small, single, solitary light in the darkness. But as his light spread and was shared, it eventually took over the whole world. So what we're going to do is we have some candles, and you have one. Let me demonstrate how you're going to light your candles. Because I don't want anyone to get burned because we're not insured for that. All right? The person who's holding the lit candle is going to remain very still. And then the person who's lighting their candle is going to tip their candle over And that's how we're going to share this flame around the room. One other thought about these candles is we do these uh, candlelight services every year. And so this is, Mosaic is a generous church. But these are not souvenirs. So if you wouldn't mind giving them back when we're done. Like we're not Catholics, so you don't need the candles. I can do anything for you, all right? I'm a former altar boy, so I can make that joke, okay? But as as we share this light around the room... I want to invite you to open your heart and ask the Lord to bring his light to your dark places because that's what Christmas really is all about. Let's pray. Father, we invite you into our dark places. There are some folks here, Lord, who have lost someone this year, and this doesn't all this is is a painful reminder of our dark places. There are some who are dealing with health challenges who are stretched financially, who are dealing with relationship or family issues, Lord, this Christmas, we invite you into those dark places. And if we've never committed our lives to you and invited you into our heart, then Christmas, we do that today. We invite you to be Lord of our lives, Lord, to enter into our dark places and to bring light. We trust you and we love you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: You may blow your candles out